Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our Lord Jesus is alive. Today is the uh, third Sunday of Easter. In our Synod today is also Here I Stand Sunday. It was 500 years ago today that Martin Luther said, Here I stand, I can do no other. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that in the, in the sermon. But we're remembering something today that happened 500 years ago and reminds us of God's continuing goodness and faithfulness to us, his people. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The appointed Old Testament reading this morning is written in Ezekiel chapter 34. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them injustice. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in 1 Peter, the second chapter. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. 
He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We speak together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Our text from 1 Peter chapter 2. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering, because he is conscious of God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. These are the words of our text. God's grace and his mercy and his peace be multiplied to you now and forever. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. These Christians are made of steel. These people are made from a different substance. Martin Luther stands before Charles V. Charles is the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. He is the most powerful man in Europe 
in the year of our Lord, 1521. It is April the 18th, 500 years ago today. Martin Luther stands before Charles in the German city of Worms. The sun was beginning to set. The heat was stifling. The room was packed. Standing room only in the bishop's palace. The most powerful men were there. German electors and princes along with the representatives of the Pope, bishops, clergy, and more, and a monk named Martin Luther. Martin stands before Charles. The air is heavy with anticipation. Will Luther recant? Will Martin retract what he has written and taught? Will he back away from his writings against the abuses in the church and against the Pope's tyranny? Most important of all, will he give up the gospel he had preached? The gospel that gives certainty and comfort to conscience, heart, mind, and soul. The gospel that stands on Christ and in Christ. The gospel that tells you that Jesus is for you. Forgiving your sins. Cleansing you from all of your unrighteousness. The gospel that you are saved by grace. By grace free and boundless in Christ. By grace and by grace alone. Without any works of the law without any indulgences, without any works of repentance and satisfaction for your sins. Just Christ alone and grace alone, standing on Scripture alone by faith alone. This gospel that tells of Jesus, who bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This good news of the good shepherd, Jesus who says, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, and I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. The good news that Jesus died for you. You belong to Jesus. No one can snatch you from the Good Shepherd. Martin stands there. If he recants, denies, retracts it all, his life will be spared. He will not be branded a heretic. He will not be burned at the stake like Jan Hus, 
100 years before Luther. He will be spared from great suffering. But his conscience will torment him for the rest of his life. If Luther recants, the Roman church will go on as she has for centuries, lost in the darkness of false teaching, souls burdened by man-made ideas, hearts enslaved to works righteousness, people threatened by purgatory and hell. This is a life-or-death moment for Martin Luther. April the 18th, 1521, 500 years ago today. And Johann Eck asks Luther in that room, Martin, answer clearly and without any double talk. Do you or do you not recant your books and the errors in them? Recant or stand firm? With beads of sweat on his face, Martin speaks. Unless I am convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by clear reason, for I do not trust either in the Pope or in councils alone, since it is well known that they have often erred and contradicted themselves. I am bound by the scriptures I have quoted and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not retract anything since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. I cannot do otherwise. Here I stand. May God help me. Amen. And at this bold confession, the room erupted in noise. Some rejoiced. Some demanded that Luther be sent to the flames. And yet in the midst of such commotion, the truth of Jesus Christ rang forth. The gates of hell had not prevailed over the confession of the gospel. The proclamation of justification by grace through faith on account of Jesus Christ's work alone, did not bend to the spiritual tyranny of the Roman church. Martin Luther entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He entrusted himself to his Lord and Savior, and Martin did not die that day. He was whisked away from danger. He was hidden for a time at the Wartburg Castle. And he would preach and he would teach and he would write for another 25 years. But Martin's life would be marked with suffering and hardship for the sake of the gospel. These Christians are made of steel. These people are made from a different substance. Suffering and hardship. This is what Jesus promises you in this life. He does not promise you always victory and always glory in this life. True victory and true glory, that will come on the last day 
when Jesus returns and raises you from the dead. But until then, it is mostly going to be suffering and hardship for you and me and our brothers and sisters in Christ until the return of our Lord. This morning, it is Jesus who speaks to you and me. The Good Shepherd has something to say to you. And Jesus says to you, in this world, you will have trouble. He says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as one of its own. Remember the words I speak to you, says Jesus. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. The Bible tells us through much tribulation, we will enter into the kingdom of God. St. Peter says that now for a little while, you will suffer grief and all kinds of trials. And then Peter writes this. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the suffering of Christ. If you suffer as Christians, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear the name of Christ. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Now it is wonderful when we as Christians are able to live in peace and quietness. But you must understand that this is the exception for the people of God. And we have been living in this exception in America for many, many years. Our spiritual fathers came here for religious freedom, and they found it. But things are changing quickly. Trouble and tribulation are standing at the doorstep for you and me. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. The persecution of Christians that we see around the world, is coming here. Quickly. Do not be deceived. Do not be asleep. Wake up and pay attention. It is as close as our neighbors to the north in Canada, where Christians are now suffering for the faith. And it won't be long till it is here too. And it is to Christians who are suffering that Peter writes. And these are words that we need to hear and ponder. The day of trouble is upon us. So how do we live? How do we live in times of injustice and suffering and persecution as the people of God? St. Peter says, For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering 
because he is conscious of God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. How do we respond to injustice and persecution and hatred? Not with riots and retaliation. Not with anarchy. We do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. We bless those who persecute us. We do not take revenge. We follow the example of our Lord and Savior. And we respond with trust in Christ. The Holy Spirit is at work in you and me. And he blesses us with self-control, with humility, with gentleness and patience and goodness and kindness, with love for all, with prayer, with the strength that God provides, with the forgiveness that Jesus gives to us. These Christians are made of steel. These people are made from a different substance. Nassim Fahim stood guard at St. Mark's Cathedral in Alexandria, Egypt. It was Palm Sunday, April the 9th, 2017, just four years ago. Suicide bombers led, left 45 people dead and more than 100 injured at St. Mark's and at another Christian church in Egypt. And Nassim was one of those who died. And his wife was interviewed on Egyptian television. And with his children at her side, she said, I am not angry at the one who did this. I'm telling him, may God forgive you. And we also forgive you. Believe me, we forgive you. You put my husband in a place I couldn't have dreamed of. Believe me, I am proud of him, and I wish I was there beside him. After that interview was shown on the news, the news anchor was speechless. For more than 10 seconds, he didn't speak. And then he said this, the Coptic Christians of Egypt are made of steel. If it were my father, I could never say this. These people have so much forgiveness, but this is their faith and religious conviction. These people are made from a different substance. What a difference one voice can make. The voice of a widow, the voice of a monk. 500 years ago, April 18, 1521, the voice of Martin Luther changed the course of the world. And today we stand in the footsteps of Martin Luther. We stand boldly proclaiming Jesus Christ, who has called us out of darkness 
of sin and unbelief and into the marvelous light of his salvation and his forgiveness. We stand boldly proclaiming Christ and renouncing the devil and all of his works and all of his ways. We stand by the grace of God, steadfast and ready to suffer all, to suffer all rather than fall away from Christ. We do not stand on Martin Luther, but we stand with him, firm on the word of God. We confess that Jesus is the good shepherd who died and rose from the dead to redeem us lost and condemned sinners. In Jesus, our sins and all sinners are forgiven and given eternal life. And here we stand. We can do no other. God help us. And may it be said of us, in all of our suffering and on each day, these Christians are made of steel. These people are made from a different substance. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord unto life everlasting. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. A couple of announcements this morning. Chuck Collins has asked if I would announce that there is a, uh, a free movie that is being shown on Thursday, April 22nd at 7 p.m. at the Magic Valley Cinema at the mall. It is uh, titled Roe versus Wade. It is a 2021 American political legal drama film produced, written, and directed by Nick Loeb and Kath Kathy Allen. It serves as a dramatization of the 1973 landmark decision Roe versus Wade. And uh, just to let you know that that is taking place. And uh, we continue to pray to our Lord that he would have mercy on us and forgive our country for the sin of abortion, and that uh, as a nation we would uh, protect life and honor all life, not just at the beginning, but also at the end. Dear Heavenly Father, as we continue to celebrate the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, we praise you for giving us this solid foundation on which to build your church. We praise you for the witnesses who were willing to sacrifice their lives in defense of the resurrection truth. Today, we especially, especially remember Martin Luther and his bold confession of the gospel and his willingness to stand upon your word and your grace and saving faith in you alone and that you poured out your rich and abundant blessing upon him and upon us, his spiritual descendants. We praise you, O Lord, for opening the doors of your kingdom to us so that we might be part of your flock. We thank you for the apostles who risked their lives to proclaim the message of Christ's resurrection to the world. We confess that our witness to our risen Lord often falls short of the courage evidenced by early Christians. We confess that our sacrifices are trivial compared to those who gave their lives as witnesses to the resurrection truth. 
We confess that we have not always reflected the resurrection joy to our families, fellow workers, and community. We confess that we should be more zealous in inviting outsiders into your kingdom. We confess that we have been timid when we should have been courageous and bold. For our errors and judgment, for all of our transgressions, forgive us, O Lord, and we rejoice in the mercy you have shown us in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Help us, O Lord, to fear no evil when we or our loved ones walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Lead us beside the still waters so that our souls may be restored. Use us to bring all people into your fold, where according to your promise we may have eternal life now and forevermore. Today, O Lord, we pray for those who have requested the prayers of the church. We ask, O Lord, that you would keep all of these, your servants, in your tender care, that you would provide for them according to your good and gracious will, that you would let your holy angels be with them and with us, that the evil foe might have no power over us. All of these things we ask, Heavenly Father, trusting them and us into your heavenly care. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the holy supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.